There is a fifth dimension beyond that which resembles man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pits of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination in an area which we call Elder Dragon Journey. Gentlemen, we're live at the Elder Dragon Trouble podcast. This is your host, Igor, and as always with me is my co-host, Niksha. Say hi, Niksha. And we have a guest with us. It's Robbie, who tried to be with us in a previous episode that you didn't hear because of technical difficulties. Say hi, Robbie. Yeah, technical difficulties. Uh, hi, Robbie. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'm back since uh, the previous episode we recorded like 10 or days, two weeks ago. Uh, well, that's... Uh, when Mia. Yeah. M-I-A. Anyway, so we're just going to repeat... A part of the previous episode and um, catch all of our listeners up to some spoilers that seem quite spicy. Talking about cards or different things? We'll, be uh, well including uh, our social credit score in China. <laughs> Which is non-existent. Yeah. Access to food? Revoked. <laughs> Access to water? Never had it. Access to air? Well, it's, you know... Anywho, anyway, how are your weeks? Uh, so, my did play some... I did play, I did play a book for my... Wow. The ban uh, really hit you hard. I'm so sorry to hear that, Nixa. What happened to you? I never the ban made so... And how did it feel? Was Kenneth... Did it feel dirty? It... Did it feel okay? I felt less than playing with... I have to... So what forced you to build a Kenneth I... to be one of the cool kids? I... I just... How does it work? Better or worse? I don't want to play Kenrit, but they made me... You can always put a different commander. Can't you just, like, put Essica and her prismatic bridge in, in its stead? Oh, no, no, no. Essica, the oh, yeah. Deck. Oh, yeah, the Vancouver's deck. Uh, the greatest deck ever created. One and that is a firesome... Oh, oh that's not going to be bad in uh, Bellows, one tap salt. And if I have more than 10 mana, then he untaps them and life would pay Yeah, that's life. sweet. That's Nixa talking about Belladros, Witherbloom, in... Who came out like this April? So and I'm still not you... playing Seedborn news that came out like this April, ten years ago, fifteen uh, years ago. I actually... Robbie, counter argument. One of them is a dragon. One of them is not. Also, Counterpoint was very valid. Yeah. Also, I play Seedborn news. Yeah, the seed because it was actually a bit over the playing Golos. It's refuge that would... I know. Right. I've been playing Golos in Historic Brawl. It's basically just an extra turns deck. All you do is like just. Fire off Golos, and then, like, you have Time Warp, you have, like, um, Pan's uh, Temporal Sundering, you have um, uh, Alrin's Epiphany. You'll, I'll be putting in the new one from Innistrad that we will get to later on. And except for that, you just win with, like, I don't know, Field of the Dead? Like, any Golos deck ever? It's it's stupid. So much fun. That's it. Or you can just get a... Um, what's the Sultai... Uh, Ultimatum from Ikoria. What was it? Uh, emergent Ultimatum? I think it is. The one that lets yeah, you... Yeah, pick... I, I yeah. think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because all you can do, you can just like pick three uh, extra turn spells and you get two of them. And that's mostly just winning. Okay, I can. I have Kenrith and what do you have? Well, I now I feel less cool because I don't have a five color commander. I have like two colors because I'm weak. I did, we did talk about it last time, but uh, I started playing Vinoda, which Robbie didn't approve. Well, look, look, I think Vinoda is a fine commander. She's very strong. It's bullshit. Four mana, she does 
a, a whole, whole lot. I'm just not a humongous fan of her in stage, but still, in regular EDH, in Brawl, in, uh, in, in Constructed, like standard Constructed, she was really strong. In regular EDH, she's really strong. In, in Historic Brawl, she's one of the best. Also, like up there with Golos and Kinnan. Hasn't she like she's pulled good results? She get going. Hasn't she like pulled pulled good results in CDH and tournaments it and has. stuff? She she has she has. I'm a big fan of her in CDH because he just a, doesn't it's, like her. It's just a one trick pony. It's a Boros stack deck that heavily heavily relies on your commander. Unlike my previous favorite CDH deck, Blood Pod, where you could just like Blood Pod into things or Twin into things or Timna or Tana into things. Ah, oh, Tana. Let's oh, yeah. act like she's irrelevant. Oh, she is. If oh, she, she didn't is. have the colors she has, she wouldn't be. Yeah. Always like... the bridesmaid, never the bride. Oh, we're, we're gonna get to that, too. Ooh, <laughs> foreshadowing. Yeah. Th that could have been a very good, like, intermezzo into uh, uh, into the topic of spoilers, but, like, we're, we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. We have time. Yeah, I, I love the... Let's swing dude sideways and murder you out of nowhere aspect of it. We know that. Especially when that oh, hurts. Jesus like, Christ. That's uh, ridiculous damage. Yeah, yep. There were times when I would attack with a couple of goblins. People would be like, okay, no blocks. And suddenly people die. You know. Yeah, Big historian and something flips. And especially after you get something like, I don't know, like like um, the extort guy from um, Amonkhet that gives you an extra combat turn. Exert, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not extort, extort. Yeah, you're right. But, like, that's also ridiculous. Oh, look, you're getting, like, ace to the face or more if Rick uh, decides to show up. Rick is a messed up, messed up card, by the way, I learned. Uh, playing yeah, Winona. it is. Like, and, uh, and I'm Rick... glad that it's going to be reprinted in a different uh, frame and art in regular <laughs> booster, uh, booster sets. Because I'm not yeah. paying 50 Which euros for that. You, you can, that only means you can get, like, two Ricks in your deck. Functionally two Ricks. I've been sitting playing like Legacy and Vintage. No, no. Uh, if I understand correctly, it's still going to be the same card. It's going to say Rick in the small uh, title card underneath uh, the name. No, 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 oh, no, thank no. God. Let, let oh. me just stop you both right there. Yes. Yes, they did say that cards, mechanical knee cards, but not the walking. They will oh, not. Sad. Oh, oh. That in, in a way, that's good. In a way, that's bad. In a big way, that's bad. Yeah. But what I want to say is, like, Rick has been seen, like, last year, Rick has been showing up in uh, Mono White Taxes, in basically Death and Taxes and Legacy, and has been doing decent work. He's not that prominent right now, even though uh, Taxes is one of the best decks in Legacy right now, since it's very decent against Doomsday and against um, uh, Delver, which are the other two big decks right now in Legacy. And um, there was a Mono White Eldrazi list, going around vintage, making it circles a year and a half, two years ago. And Rick kind of made the deck resurge for a moment, and it proved, be, it proved to be quite decent. But uh, then again, you can basically play anything in vintage nowadays. Next, may I uh, correct you that uh, standard uh, Secret Layer X, the Walking Dead cards, will follow the same policy as Stranger Things and other universes beyond Secret Layers. And we'll get versions without the Walking Dead characters printed into set boosters in an upcoming set. I mean, I do, I remember so to their what, what Robbie said is, uh, yeah, you will be able to have two Ricks, which is even stupider. Oh, Holy crap. Yikes. So yeah. I flip Rick and not so much Rick. I choose First Strike, Lifelink, and Vigilance. Yeah, you flip Rick and Rick's uh, uh, cousin. Uh, Rick. No, no, you play Rick and Brick. 
Yeah, Rick yeah, and Brick. Yeah, yeah. Or holy crap, that's gonna be stupid. Yeah, that doesn't happen. <laughs> My humans get plus four, plus four. That, that's a. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, that was uh, my comment of the week. How about the vows? Uh, don't we first uh, talk about you two guys being super oh, big champs? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, for- Wait, yeah, I forgot also that Nixon and I are uh, legal modern champions uh, of the world. The of the world. modern. Yeah, yeah, so people don't get like their hopes up that we're actually yeah, yeah. We're so amazing. So what happened was a couple weeks back, we had a bonafide mo- championship, and for can only share, one can have a, up to non- card. of a non-basic card. So like, if I play one, then my allies can play us, and with a very and we had, that was our and we're actually... Yeah. yeah, it was kind of ridiculous, since most other teams had a composition that like let them play meta decks without basically any uh, without basically missing any cards. Like, y- you could pair up uh, Team of Rhinos, uh, you could pair up Tron, and you can pair up Hammer Time without sharing basically any cards between the uh, main decks. Perhaps you miss out on some sideboard cards, but there's always a variation. That, uh, that's o- There's always an alternative card to some uh, sideboard ha- hate. So that wasn't a problem for most decks. Like, you could play Heliod, uh, Living End, I guess, and Murktide. And or Tron instead of uh, living in, yeah, or Tron, and you wouldn't miss a single card between the main. We had to compromise, we weren't playing actual meta decks, and we managed to go undefeated. Yeah, yeah, that, that was quite surprising. But I actually believe our decks were quite well chosen for the meta since we did expect like a lot of Murktide, a lot of Elementals, a lot of um, Hammer Time, and stuff like that. I had four Blood Moons and four Relics. Nixon's deck is an enigma, which <laughs> once he hit the mirror, yes, there was an actual recorded Blutron mirror. No one knew what to do, not even the pilots. And, um, well, Luca played the rock and Luca was there. Is that the pilot? And those actually... Yeah, yeah, they uh, literally, they just beat Murktide. We were, we were uh, going deep into the grand games. I had, I believe, three Murktide matchups. Uh, which I won 2-0 E. We went deep into top decking, but basically because he presents a threat, I remove it. I present a threat, he counters or removes. And then uh, the thing is, uh, I have hammer and he has nothing. Before you continue, Robbie, what the hell is a hammer of Bogarden to people who were born, you know, in this millennia? Oh yeah, a hammer of Bogarden. Uh, well, it's a sorcery for starters. It costs one and two red. It deals three damage to target player or creature, and if that isn't bad enough, uh, it has an alternative cost. When it's in your graveyard, during your upkeep only, so before you draw, you may pay two and three red to return it to your hand. During your upkeep. Yes. You you have the privilege of uh, doing it only at your upkeep. Of course. And the card... I I wasn't a big fan. Everybody who knows uh, M. Hayashin, who has ever played Orbosh, knows that... uh, Hammer of a Garden is a meme card that does some work, and I wasn't a believer. I slotted it in only for this tournament spe- specifically. It has been nothing but amazing. And then you saw its ridiculous. face. And then you saw its face. Now you're a believer. Literally, I am because the card was extremely good. It's it's a free mana sorcery that deals free, but in a grindy <laughs> game like against. Yeah, it, it sounds ridiculous, but buy back in it for 5 mana in the extreme late game, when both of you are helping, it is very worthwhile. 
I, I was very surprised. I, I, I might not urge or suggest you play a full uh, playset like I did to anyone, but like a single copy or two in an Obosh deck is mighty fine. Ham Hammer or Garden competitive, then I believe that anyone's current. Uh, what what Nixon is saying, uh, whenever you have a tough time in life, just remember these two knuckleheads brought a Hammer or Garden to modern and tell to yourself, I can do anything. They survived. Literally went undefeated. Six rounds. I had my, all of my scores were 2 0, unblemished. Uh, you, you did so well that your rock player didn't even need to be there. Yeah. Yeah, Mathematically, was, we don't need Luke. <laughs> uh, I also won game where I play, which is a horrible. I mean, I hate anyone when I'm playing. But so you you're a regular modern player. You hate Ron and don't want to play against it ever. But I love playing. Uh, so I went. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't. And I was so happy that I pulled out at one point. I was really low on the enemy current started blowing up my and one my without. I finally managed. End of your turn. I play uh, what's it? Uh, Sublime Epiphany. Uh, yeah. And then on my turn, I uh, I pass, and then torrential that copy sublime epiphany. Also, also may I say sublime epiphany? What are we playing? Uh, core twenty uh, draft or what? Because that was an all star in that set, but you know. Well, turns out then when you have Tron mana, every, anything. I mean, Aldrazi draft draft <laughs> modern champion. Okay, modern. Yep. Draft, draft. <laughs> Cheapest deck you could have bought to break an entire form. Uh, and I was really glad with that. Uh, eventually, I managed to get out and and then fetch a Mindslur that's big car and exiled. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the entire tournament was very fun. Uh, a lot of people came. Like, there were, I believe, a total teams. of 16 teams, yeah. Three players each, uh, a lot of bystanders. It, it was all around a great time. And uh, Nixa still owes us dinner, because originally the only reason we applied <laughs> applied for uh, for the tournament was like basically just to kill time, because we did zero testing. We literally made our deck lists the evening before just to make sure we don't like break the rules by playing any extra cards. And uh, because then uh, Nixa promised us dinner if we uh, get into the top four, which he joke, uh, jokingly uh, um, suggested, since he didn't believe we would even like beat anyone. <laughs> and then we and, won. <laughs> and then we won, and now Nisha owes us a fancy dinner. Yes, you do. You jump. But yeah, any questions? Uh, us greatest ever will ever, and we're not bragging at all, and we're extreme. Yes. Thank you for that statement, fellow uh, modern unified champion. No problem, fellow. Yeah, we are good. Uh, story. I really like more than right now because I feel like there's a lot of viable. I think people are blinded by attempting to have to. Then yeah, there are some discards that fit the top with how they fit, like Ragava and Saga. They I wish they've like toned them down, but since, but other than like it's now the the elementals are starting to and I those memes vocation uh, those those because uh, they're actually good. He even said that about the white one. People are like oh, it's too expensive. Yeah, now it's the also most is like 53 euros moment. right now. Yeah, I, I was immediately on it, like, it's got its swords to plowshares, but it's just on a stupid... Shut up. I, I'm very glad I got my playset of Furies for, like, I believe it was, like, 3 euros each. They were because stupid. no one believed in the card. And, and I was, I was like, like, but it clears the board, but no, it... Yeah. Uh, people were sleeping bad, on them too bad. much. No, I don't believe it's bad, and, well, yeah. It's, what, 17, 18 euros now, so I'm glad Some about that. that. I am so very sad that I didn't get like any endurances while they were like four or five euros because the moment I fought, I, I, I thought about getting them, they spiked, spiked 
quote-unquote yep. spiked to six or seven euros, and I was, like, hesitant, like, and now they're, like, 30. Yeah, I was going to say joke was on you. Yeah, uh, joke still, is definitely on me. Uh, still, historically, the biggest joke was on me. Because uh, Andrew, our common friend, uh, wanted to get me a plateau a bunch of years ago now for birthday, right? Yeah. He buys it over the market for like 30 euros. And then they spike overnight and the guy accidentally loses. The guy who was sending him the plateau accidentally loses the plateau. Yeah. So I'm the tonight's biggest loser. I got a plateau for free one. Wow. Like, one. Two years ago. Once. It was lightly played, but I used, it was like still 70 euros at, at that, it, it, at it, that it point in time. I would take free. I would take heavily played copy for yeah of course anyone but anyway regarding uh, what Nix was said about modern right uh, we just had the SEG like it's the precursor to uh, the SEG uh, tour and the larger GP event in North America and well not Canada doesn't have the SEG just America but anywho um, uh, the top eight was quite different from what Nix was stated that. Uh, Luris and Saga are dominating because uh, in the top eight there were three uh, uh, white uh, blue control decks just playing a hero the only creatures main deck were four solitude each deck and it was basically uh, big and big teferi, three mana teferi counter spells, main deck chalices and just like winning with solitudes and occasionally with um, storm of the whole uh, now, a uh, Hall of the Storm Giants, and um, perhaps a Celestial uh, Colonnade, something along that those lines. Uh, yeah, Colonnade uh, is good. still good, still good. Uh, the winning deck was Grixis uh, Death Shadow, which I'm glad to hear because that's currently the deck I main, and I'm having success with that deck as well because it's pretty strong deck, even though Solitude's, Solitude uh, basically decimates the entire deck. <laughs> Once you have two Death Shadows out, you just lose if you get Solitude, but that's okay. And uh, the other decks were like uh, Jund, Boom. It, well, it's what you call Boomer Jund right now, but it's really not Boom. Four Dragon's Rage Chandler, um, uh, four Ragamans, four Tarmogoys, but four Renan Sixes and four sa Sagas, or the Saga, were the Saga package. Uh, there was a Grixis control deck, which is basically just a Lurus deck with four Snapcasters, four Monkeys, and for uh, Darcy's and a bunch of counter spells and removal and uh, Hammer Time, which is uh, over time becoming an actual um, Orsop deck because uh, they uh, occasionally have uh, up to three main deck confidants right now or up to four copies of Totsy between the 75. And they've proven to be the more uh, successful version. Right? Uh, surprisingly, zero copies of Living End, uh, Rhinos, or. Um, uh, actual is it Merktide? Even though one Jeskai Merktide was in the top eight, uh, but it was just splashing white for basically just prismatic. Actually, actually yeah. at all. Yeah, the card is yeah, it it's really good. It's really strong. It's been seen play in uh in um vintage. Been seen play in Legacy a lot because it's just very efficient at what it does. And even mono um mono white decks can splash Horizon Lands or Pathway just to get that extra extra color uh for the X cost. And uh, UE Control has been historically splashing a, uh, a single Triumph just uh, for the Prismatic uh, Jeskai Triumph regularly splashed just to get a third color in for the cost. Yeah, I couple fresh enough. Yeah, I wouldn't ban anything right now. 
but who knows something might happen at some point yeah they might because they would because like Orza Sag and Ragaman are selling the boxes and once they stop printing like uh, Modern Horizons 2 and want to promote another set they might just ban something out of Modern Horizons 2 and uh, just to promote the other just to promote the other uh, sets because it's hard to compete with Modern Horizons 2 power. Modern Horizons, doing the actual... Modern Horizons 1 actually made one of the strongest decks in Modern's history with Hogak. Uh, oh, yeah, Gak was strong. Yeah, Gak was ridiculous. You could literally at one point not play anything but Gak mirrors. And the guy who opened with his Leyland, with his main deck, Leyland of the Void, ha was favored. Yep, fair and balanced. You, you, you know it's ridiculous when they... At one point, both main deck uh, Force of Vigor and Leyline. Rough times. Yeah. yeah. That's rough, but... <laughs> uh, rough times and much better than the wedding. Be covering the wedding and Edgar Marco. For a second, I thought we were going to be talking about my wedding, and I was going to be like, what the hell? You're getting married? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Next uh, July. Oh, congratulations. I didn't Thank know. Thank you. I think I even mentioned, like, a couple of weeks ago, when we were all together on the, on the cast. I actually never listen to people. But you never pay attention to me. No. See, th that's why I'm not marrying you, because our communication is really bad. That's why no one's marrying me ever. Otherwise I would, but you know, but th this is yeah, the reason. I, I do consider myself quite handsome, and I am a modern champion. A <laughs> champion. <laughs> Those are all nice qualities, and I'm currently reconsidering my marriage, but you know, carry on. Uh, you could be a third in the modern uh, team unified. Don't have to, to be just toys. I might die soon. Mm. Anyway. And she's, yeah. Uh, carry on. So a couple of uh, last week today, and uh, they they brought down presentation set to the live stream, and this time they brought they had the uh, art there, and all I can see is that that man has every raisin just the art of the buy some. Yeah, the set is gorgeous. I mean, uh, I I don't know even where to start. Like the general vibe and the feel of this amazing. There's so many uh very smartly used shades of red and and gray and black. You just get you get amazing like uh 1990s Bram Stoker vibes with 1990s Dracula or Queen of the Dam vibes. It's great. I mean the art is gorgeous. I don't even actually know where to start. I don't know where to start. I'm gonna start with that first. Game. The first was Sorin. Sorin you the mean Merthless. the boy? <laughs> so he and double black for pledge plus one the top card of your library. You may reveal that card and lose life because it's like Bob you doesn't have to, to die from minus three black vampire creep and minus seven. Pretty sweet. So when they dropped the art, because Sorin is like, he's not happy with, like, not at all. They dropped the, the first art, the regular art. I was like, oh boy. I mean, Sorin was always this is something yeah, else. Yeah, he's like, he he's rocking that crippled, uh, uh, piece of clothing he has. It's, he's basically wearing, uh, a pirate costume that Jerry uh, Seinfeld, uh, wore in that one episode with the shirt, but no, he's no. making it work. He's wearing the shirts that, uh, vampires in, uh, Interview with the, with the Vampire War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he is a gorgeous, gorgeous. But then, then came oh, then the came Borderless art. Border, and I was like, oh man. Ooh, a lot boy. of people questioned their sexuality on that day. Not but... me though. I was always gay for Soren. <laughs> and then, and then they hit us with the fang. For... It was, it was like Vampire D, Noblesse, yada yada. It's beautiful. If you've ever seen a cover of of a, a visual novel of a Vampire Hunter D, or if you've ever read old vampire manga, or even uh, or even like Bishoujo uh, manga, like Sorin is gorgeous. I I show that 
especially I showed um, anime soaring with a couple of female friends of mine, and they were like, okay, this is the hottest man alive. So what we're saying is this is going to be a really thirsty episode. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. We're not, we're not even started yet. Because this is basically a fashion. Because first of all, we're talking about the dresses and the costumes and the art of the... Everything else comes after. So, Anywho, sorry. After, after I, they displayed some Kaya art, they started to look cuttings in half and blood petals. The Chandra dressed the art, the regular. I was like, dressing pretty sharp there. And then the art for... Then we found out the card is aptly named Dress to Kill because she is rocking that flame dress. It was, it's a gorgeous, beautiful piece of art. And I am getting four Chandras in Borderless for my uh, overcheck. Be, be they good, be they bad, I'm getting four. And just because the art is so pretty, and I will find an excuse to push that card into my. Uh, the Borderless art uh, looks like she's going to offer herself to be part of the Hunger Games instead of her sister. Why did you have to? <laughs> First movie is pretty fine. I don't. Yeah, first movie is fine, and let's just stop. Just like with Matrix movies. Also, first we might. Oh, pardon me. I I uh, interrupted you, but I want to say we might want to also uh, tell our audience what uh, Chandra actually does. Yeah. Now yeah. she's a she's a free mana yeah. planeswalker for one in double red. Starting loyalty is free. She has two plus ones. Her first plus one is offers you the ability to protect her. Uh, since her uh, first plus one uh, gets you one red mana, and uh, it pings a target uh, planeswalker or your opponent for one. It can't ping a creature, but you get the ability to play on curve and then bolt or unholy heat or flame slash something or put a ragavan that can perhaps block if that's something you need or just a tempo play. Her second plus one is where it gets interesting, actually. Uh, you get to reveal the top card of your, uh, library. Well, you exile. If it's a red card, you may play it until the end of the turn. Only if it's a red card. You can't do that with lands and non-red cards. So, it's sorta card advantage. If you don't hit a land, you're rocking it, probably. It's worse than just straight up drawing a card. But, uh, it, it, it works well with her feet. And in a mono-red deck, I don't, I can't see her in even a two color. But in a mono red deck, you're probably playing something like 20 lands. Uh, and if, so you have 40 cards main deck that you can hit. That's like a 60% chance. So there's more than like, more than half of your deck will be just draw cards. Her, and even does have a relevant um, ultimate. Since you have two uh, pluses and her minus seven, her ultimate, you get an emblem. Every time you uh, cast a red card, you deal X damage to any target where X is uh, the card's mana cost, the mana you spent on that. Also, you get to exile the top five cards of your library and cast any red spells until the end of the she is a She has a reachable uh, uh, ultimate that actually just wins the game. It, it, in a way, it reminds me a lot against uh, 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 a lot of... A lot of um, Ren and Sixes, since it's she's a relatively cheap planeswalker that can get to her ultimate relatively fast. Now I'm not saying she's as good at Ren. She's a fine card uh, that I can see actually playing in my open. Oh, maybe no Hammer of Organ is pretty good, but uh, but Chandra is a card I I hope turns out to be a good card. She has some of the monikers of strong free mana planeswalkers. 
And um, I believe it's not embarrassing just to plus her, get a mana and ping something. Usually, she, she can very well on curve kill something. Uh, a Planeswalker that's minus, most notably Teferi. Yeah. And that's about it for her. Yeah, the yeah. so the fairy and the Ragavan. So I mean, trying to find a deck, we all know. Yeah, that's true. And you're pretty uh, much lying to. Uh, yeah, that that is true. I also believe that's the reason uh for most Obosh pilots to like switch over to Chandra. Anyone who follows MTGO and um, the modern leaderboard knows the name M Hayashi, who has been on multiple uh, occasions the modern um, trophy leader on MTGO, and he's known to play Obosh. And he's the guy who promoted Hammer of Borgarden on the Obosh Discord. Uh, I've just linked the board on purpose, might I say. The borderless art uh, version of Chanda. The guy, after like two years of playing Hammer of Borgarden, was like, okay, we're ditching Hammer, we're playing Chandra. Yep. <laughs> That's an honest person. Yeah, yeah. Anywho, uh, our next fashionista is Olivia Voldare. Nick, should take it away. Then they displayed the art of Olivia Crim. And at first, I thought it was like, yeah, it's a dress, it's a nice dress, and it has like a trail of red bloody mint. Bloody mint. That's not a blood red trail. Those are actual souls. Those are that are her handled dress. And then I took a closer look, and and I was like, wow, wow. Yeah, both versions, regular version is it's cool looking because of the sharp angle and and the grand entrance of Olivia that very that. That goes very well with her uh, demeanor, but the fang word, the fang is like, it's so sharp. It, the art goes so well with the border itself. Again, you have the little detail with the blood cloak, the blood mist around her. It, it's, it's simply gorgeous. So everybody was actually, everybody's dressed to that. And uh, a common theme, a theme among a lot of the art of, of a lot of the cards is the blood pedal. And it's it's very it's used to a great effect because it, it gives you a feeling that all of the cards are connected, that they're all in the same wedding and it goes so well with the borders, with uh with uh typography. If if you notice the blood petals on the planeswalker, they land on specific points uh on the card, like uh there's a blood petal just on the um the hinge between a legendary planeswalker and the name Sorin, which no, carries yeah. a lot of weight. It's used to great effect. I, I have to agree with Niksha. The guy who was the art director for the set deserves a humongous rate. Nailed it. Say it wasn't by bright, it's black and red. Vampire no target will tap them. It gains. You don't crawl a legendary. Exile this. Actually return a legendary vampire. Then set. And she's basically also replacing... Uh, the Rakdos Chainer card as a commander in many, many uh, Rakdos animation decks. Big set. A bit more expensive, but almost strictly better. It's also cool that you can just yes. minus... Yeah, that's very cool. After that, we got more art. You remember, special set, they'll be Dracula. And we'll be getting Zilla, so like, all as Dracula cards. And we count Dracula, we have Flavia is dead, right? Yeah, and... it is. It's a little w weird champ that, as you stated, that it's like... Olivia Voldarin, but she's the sisters of uh of whatever death. Because they were in the Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. But the big thing is, uh, we're getting Talia, the OG Talia, as Nina Harker. Now, uh it's less about the special treatment than we're actually getting OG Talia, Guardian of Raven, back into standard, which yep. also catapults her for the first time into Pioneer, making Talia currently legal in standard. 
pioneer, historic, modern, uh, legacy, and vintage. And she's gonna be rocking uh, in every format. Exactly. And also, I, I have to say, uh, I have to mention how much I do enjoy uh, the contrast in her in her original art and the current art because in her original art she was she was uh, gloriously standing in a field raising her sword up and protecting everyone like she was fighting vigilantly. And now in her like uh, current art art and the new set, you see her against the wall. But, like, not literally against the wall. Like, she's exhausted. Like, she's just very seasoned and very pissed off looking. And she's like, the OG art was like, I'm Talia. I will protect this with the last of my strength. And now she's like, I'm Talia. Uh, you know what vibe I'm getting? What? I'll have this mother effing zombies than this mother effing plane. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm getting that, that feeling. <laughs> oh, yeah. Talia is having her, like, uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson. She's been through some stuff. She has been through a lot of stuff. But I'm like, glad to see the yeah. OG Talia. And the new set. It's a it's a powerful card that has reprints, so, but uh, you can always use in, more Talias. In this set alone, she will get the the normal uh, art in the normal boosters, right? Yes. She will get the black and white. Uh, what was that the sketch art or what's the name of the that border? Uh, it's like the comic book one. Yeah, it's it's like the gothic novel art. She's getting that, getting that, and she's getting the Dracula. Yeah, she's getting three different arts. All of them are great. Yep. Not and sure she which deserves one I like it. She she simply deserves it. She's always been a great card, and she's probably my favorite legendary creature card in all of Magic. And there's you can never have enough Italia. There's so also those were, uh, yeah. yeah. You were gonna say? Uh, yeah, I was just wanted to comment that so got some, and that the art we just can't emphasize much. It elevated like what about care and Vaughn? Said before this, I thought Magic it, started it, it, with Crimson Wild. It, sure. It's definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's more like a crim crimson yikes. I love it. But yeah, uh, the, set, the set that? art is good. And now that we plowed through the art, I want to mention a card that nobody else seems to even recognize be even remotely good, but I think is amazing. I was like, I read the card three times and then I was like, Niksha, am I dumb or slow or something? Or am I misreading? But is this card actually good? Is the card you're thinking of an island? Uh, You don't even need an island. It, oh my god, it's that powerful? Yes. Well, it, it, it's a common to boot. It's a wedding invitation. It's a, one of the long line of two uh, mana artifacts that ETB and draw your card. Nothing huh. special. Been there, done that. But it has an ability. You can just tap it and sack it for free. There's no activation cost. You just tap it and sack it. Target creature uh, gain, uh, is unblockable. If it's a vampire... It gains love, uh, lifelink. That's the less that. relevant part. I, I have to emphasize how good a cantripping 2CMC artifact is that gives your Ragavan reach, that gives your Death Shadows, that gives Lurus. Lurus, who is very well known just to stick on board and never to attack, uh, unless it's on, against control, uh, actual reach, so you can just lifelink yourself up if you need that. Uh, you can replay it easily with Lurus, just drawing yourself more cards. And giving your Ragamons, your Lurises, your Death Shadows, your Goyfs even reach. I mean, you have Dress Down right now, which is extremely, extremely powerful. Especially in Death Shadow and in uh, is it based uh, Merktide decks in the sideboard. And uh, other versions of Shadow always had Teamer Battle Rage. But Teamer Battle Rage is a dead card unless you're swinging. Dress Down at least has 
additional applications where it nerfs your opponents or serves as a bin condition and also draws a card. This card is worse than um, Dress Down and perhaps not as a, at, uh, as a uh, what am I trying to say? Not as effective at, at, at ending the game as Teach Far From It. But it serves as a common middle ground. And it also let just lets your monkeys connect, which is extremely extremely valuable DNA. So I wouldn't be surprised if Blur's decks just main deck a single copy and call it a day because the card is actually actually quite powerful in it. I, I might be wrong, but I believe that Red New Invitation is probably currently as uh as we speak of uh the current spoilers and today is November the first. Right now it might be the best. Uh, and most modern playable of all the spells. Uh, I think uh, Wedding will amaze at least not out much to mana to the end of the- As you said, giving block any in that deck really valuable. I mean, if you're like playing Lurus Vampire, then you have additional upside of being lifeless, which might act very, very relevant. So, yeah. You're not crazy. I'm Either you're not crazy or I'm crazy with you. And I'm a lot of- And it's very powerful. I did say you should buy it all up in corner of the market and, you know, become a rich man by the end of the month. We get the pre-order. Hmm. Yeah, that is something we can do. Uh, except for that, like, the set has a couple of uh, interesting cards, both for standard and perhaps some that consider for modern at some points. Like, uh, just recently there was that, well, what's the name? I have to check up on its name. Uh, a 4-mana four 4-4. Four four. With haste and trample, which is oh, oh. so Ulvenwald Audit two double four four with trample and haste by itself or like uh, an aggressive deck, and it or five double transformable and becomes an eight eight trample haste that gives your other plus one trample and haste, and it gives me nightmares whenever I look at the art. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> also, I believe the art is like the single like throwback to like. Emrakul's presence still yes. being felt on uh, Innistrad, since right now we haven't get gotten any like spoilers because this is far from the last Innistrad yes. set. We know that. We know. That. It's but, a catch up. Yeah, but the card itself is very good. Just today, we've got uh, another quite interesting. Uh, I don't know if it's particularly modern playable, but it should see play in standard. Uh, green card. Uh, it's a wolf. It's a three-four wolf for three mana. It's called Cemetery Prowler. It has Vigilance, and it has an ED and a attack trick. You can exile a card from a graveyard. Uh, well, it doesn't end there. Uh, spells you cast cost one less to for each card uh, type that, uh, that uh, shares a type with the exiled cards. So if you exile the creature, all of your creatures are now one less. I'm glad that green gets a discount on, on spells. That's what green really needed. If you exile an artifact creep, then you yep. get nice. Free soul you exile a dread arbor. You get a uh, you get a nice. Mm, wait. Yeah. <laughs> wait. <laughs> wait. I feel cheated somehow. Uh but also uh it might be a, a cycle, it might be just like a pairing. We got cemetery protector as well. It's uh, a free four again, but for four mana because it's white. Uh, yeah. Two and double white. It has flash. <laughs> uh, flash might be the saving grace of the card, but the card itself isn't horrendous. It's fine. It's yeah. Let's let's say that. But um, also on ET, it exiles a card from a grid. It doesn't have an attack trigger. And uh, whenever you play a land card or cast a spell, if it shares a type with uh, the card you've uh, exiled, you get to create a one-one uh, human. Uh, creature uh, token that can quite that can well go out of hand quite quickly. I, I 
as far as I know, Mono White has been like standard. Uh, what I'm seeing is you exile a fetch land, you play your, your own fetch land, crack a fetch land, you get to do it. Uh, yeah, you, you actually do. get to play a land. Oh. Yeah. But still, there, anyway, there, are no, there are no fetch lands in standard. I'm seeing it more from a standard perspective right now. General. Even though I wouldn't be surprised if it saw some modern play, but at the end of the day, basically any card can see modern play for a weekend or two. Look at the two of you guys. Uh, Anything well, can see play modern. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm much more on the with this card. I believe I'm. I'm a big that flash part and exiling a card and then getting an upside from that, like in jump blocker. Could I, be. Th I think I, I think the card is decent. I just don't know if it's currently like yeah. on the power level, but I can see it being good. But enough of our, our modern anal analysis and, uh, card that. Uh, it was fun to see Halana and Elena be partners. <clears throat> yep. Partners. And, and just friends. because you mentioned uh, the, this card, uh, we lost a bunch of uh, social score. That sucks. You mean because they're Grawl friends? Uh, no, because they're two best buds uh, walking in the forest. Yeah. yeah. Have you noticed? I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I believe it's Halana, because Alana is the one with the bow, if I remember yeah. correctly. Right? Uh, Halana, in the regular art, looks a lot like a dude with red pigtails. Yes. But the alternative, they, they look, the, the art is, they look so good in the alternative art. Uh, you know what I actually mind about this card? Their weapons are stupid. The cross guard for the for the sword is dumb to begin with. The bow, uh, the arrow in the bow looks like you took a spear and just you know broke it in half. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I can see that. And the dagger is like, why are you even holding yeah, that are, dagger? Why are we? So what I'm saying is, I don't mind the LGBTQ representation. I mind bad weapon. Yeah, we also. actually don't mind LGBTQ representation whatsoever. We actually welcome it. It's just. The weapons are kind of sus, but I, I'm glad they finally like acknowledge this, or as I like to say, girlfriend. Uh, also, what was the cool card? If no one noticed, because it's a yeah. double and a red and green card, and it's actually a nice card. Let's yeah. let it's four mana. It's a two three first striker, with, and at the beginning of your combat, you get to put X plus one plus one counters on another target creature, and X is equal to Halana and Elena's power, which is quite decent. I believe it. I believe the creature also gains haste. Yeah, yeah. it does. It does. Uh, it pairs up well with uh, Xenagod, uh, either in Command Zone or in the 99. Yeah. They're interchangeable. Yeah, it's decent. It's a very decent card. Uh, for lore reasons, I'm very glad we got Runo Stormkirk, oh, yeah. of the Stormkirk line, because he's much less a vampire than he was a sea cultist of ancient Cthulhu-ish uh, monstrosity. And the card shows it very well. I, I am pleased with the card. So, Runa Stormkirk, one blue and a black. It's a 1-4 legendary vampire cleric. He flies, and whenever he enters the battlefield, put uh, up to one target creature card from your graveyard on top of your library. At the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top card of your library. You may reveal that card if it's a creature card with mana value 6 or greater. Uh, transform Runa Stormkirk. He transforms into Cthulhu, <laughs> aka Krotus, Lord of the Deep. It's a... Surprisingly, I didn't picture that uh, Cthulhu is going to be a 3-5, but you know. You get well, what you get. In the original novel by uh, uh by, H by, by, by H. P. Lovecraft sorry. Yeah, by Lovecraft, sorry. Uh they literally hit him with a boat and that was enough. That's actually not, four or five. Uh, no no, that's not why he go Cthulhu goes back to sleep. Uh, dude, if someone hit me with a boat, I would probably go to sleep. No 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 <laughs> he was bonked by a head with a with a boat, but he was he was like, Oh, oh it's not time for me to rampage the earth just now and then he went back to sleep. I believe it was the boat. 
Anywho, it's legendary creature Kraken Horror. It flies again. Wow. And whenever uh, Krotos attacks, create a tapped uh, an attacking token that's a copy of another target attacking creature. If that creature is a Kraken, Leviathan, Octopus, or Serpent, create two of those tokens instead. That's good. Yeah. He's really good, actually. Can't uh, complain. But what was the flavor of his, his this card? Uh, does the vampire uh, Anixia, you'll remember this uh, when you play Stallstorm, the uh, Dark Crusade, in those games. Yeah. When you pick your cultist and you click to turn them into Bloodthirster, is that the is that the flavor that Runo Stormcrick just explodes and the cultist emerges? I I honestly have no clue. I only know. I only the card is. And, it is. I mean, I like the. It's such a design, but I like it. I have an actual theory because we know that the Stormkirk line were shipwrights before they became empires, uh, and they govern Nephalia. Yada yada, and they and the Stormkirks actually have a deep uh, relationship with their human populace because they're like they sponsor. Uh, they actually this is canon. Actually, they sponsor a lot of uh, a lot of. Uh, explorations into the cold north arctic zones of Innistrad and we see we've seen thing in the ice it's from the same region as the Cthulhu guys so and they do worship primordial quasi deity that yeah. lived on Innistrad yeah. before even vampires became to be and from my point of view it's just Runo actually finally managing to complete a ritual just to summon his god also seeing the fang art of Runo Stormkirk, he's also fuckboy. Well, it, it, it's unreasonable. It, it's not reasonable. Like, the fang art treatment is just Runo's uh, 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 Devil May Cry character. Yes, uh, yes. Well, well, canonically, he's a withered old man. He can wither me any time of the week. Yeah, those abs are great. <laughs> oh. Come on, I don't even swing that way, and yet. Uh, we've also got Anya, made of oh. dishonor. Oh, time to lose more social credit. Yeah, uh, we can we can see the on the uh, original art, like the regular art from the set. Uh, what I loved about the card is we've only got to know Anya uh, through the commander precons. We yes. knew we knew that um, that the Falcon Rats had a progenitor or a head of the clan. Right now, we got that head in without any context in a precon. And just by making her the maid of dishonor, we already established Olivia's closest friend. I think that's a very that, that that's a great way just to establish their relationship. But I might be reading too much into this. She looks awfully, awfully uh, unhappy with the marriage arrangements because in her regular art, you see her just slugging on the couch, chaos around her, a glass of blood just spilled on the ground. She seems very unhappy. That's usually me at weddings, just sitting and being like, ugh, why am I here? Uh, probably, yeah. Which could be because, as we know, the storyline is that uh, Olivia charmed a barely awake and very weakened Edgar Markov into marriage. Just there could be a lot of... It was an incredible power. You're literally taking the granddaddy vampire, the entire plane from the most prestigious of all clans. And I also have to say, except for to make except uh, that being a power move, Olivia's into look at the regular art of uh, Sorin the Murphless. The door behind him already has uh, Olivia and Edgar engraved in, like in front of the altar. That's, That's the level of preparation she did. That's amazing. She's a go-get. Look, she had plans for her wedding when she was like uh, just a century old. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh, except for Anya, we got a new legendary frog, which a lot of people... It's not uh, Golgari, though. 
No, it's not Golgari, it's Simic. We can't have a set without a Simic legendary. Yeah. So, uh, Golnok the Omnivore. It's a 2 green-blue. Legendary frog. It's a 3-3. Three, three. Whenever a frog you control attacks, military cards. Whenever a permanent card is put into your graveyard from your library, exile it with a croak counter instead. Get it because a frog, it croaks. Yeah, I love that. You may play lands and cast spells from among the cards you own in exile with croak counters. Frogs swallow your cards. And just yeah, like... because it takes a long while for a uh, frog to digest anything. And it's because oh. Zilgrolnok acts the same yep. card. Yeah, but also on the yard you can see that uh, he just swallowed a guy whole. You can see the guy's silhouette through like the luminescent uh, belly of the frog. And his arm still hanging out of the mouth. So yeah, that's why it takes so long. The other frog. Oh, Gitrog. The Gitrog, yeah. he also had a mouth. Yep. Of course. You're very sloppy. Ext uh, people might not know this, but I am disgusted. I once, as a child, uh, read an encyclopedia about amphibians. And I, I do tend to like rep reptiles and amphibians and stuff like that. Animals in general. But there was this huge picture of a frog eating a huge rat alive. Which disgusted me to the core as a child. Perfectly understandable, not gonna lie. Yeah, it, it was very vivid. Anyway, yeah. going to the mechanics of the set, we've got oh. literal reversed mentor. Uh, they just called it training. Because we, yeah, because uh, apparently the theme of uh, the human part of the set is that uh, we're in short supply of uh, new Qatars, and like there's a mass. Um, Training session going on. Train the new cadets, bring them up to prepare the next generation of protectors of Innistrad that will hopefully like protect Innistrad and Innistrad 4.0. Uh, what it and it's literally reverse uh, reverse mentor. So when a creature with training attacks, if it's attacking alongside a creature that has a higher uh, base uh, power or toughness, it Not gets a plus power. one plus power. one counter power. Yeah. It gets a plus one, plus one count. Uh, that's about it as far. And, well, there's a lot of, like, effects around the set that affect creatures that have plus one, plus one counter. Flavor-wise, uh, Hermit Druid on Twitter raised a really good point. Why the hell haven't the people of Innistrad developed gunpowder? Because yeah. I know, because the vampire. Because, honestly, most of the problems they have would have been fixed with, you know, Gun. gunpowder. Oh, it's a giant frog! Oh, I guess we bring the cannon. <laughs> I, can I just... mean, they... They should have it by now. I mean, they have stable housing, brick houses at some points, yes. like half brick houses. They do have... I mean, it took humanity a decent amount of time to d develop uh, gunpowder. Uh, like I, I want to say something. I want to say something about yeah. gunpowder. We literally have a card called Volatile Arsenic. Card aside, the guy's holding a Molotov cocktail. <laughs> if, if he has a Molotov cocktail and knowledge of explosives, and he's just a random guy who turns into a werewolf, why wouldn't like actually like the elite Inquisition and soldier units of Innistrad that work together with blacksmiths and alchemists have gunpowder. We literally have guys who have galvanic relays, but uh, no gunpowder. That might be the reason, because they're like, yeah, magic. Magic is the solution, so they, you know, forgot the technology. Could be, but like, still. But I gotta say, the best spell you can have is uh, casting gun. I cast gun, blum blum. I cast gun, yeah. I cast fist. Not as effective as I cast bull. Definitely. Because you have to approach, you know, the terrible monstrosity that has mouth in the stomach. This way you can just shoot it from afar. Exactly. Yeah, uh, speaking, we also got a new, <laughs> a new mechanic <laughs> in, so 
when I saw like mechanic, it'd be like let's say trample, but for and not in trample like in passing creature, but like say let's a uh, a creature and then you put the remaining the excess damage you can target another. Yeah, like, like adjacent damage or something. Let you like a character. It's like in Pathfinder, really every RPG, but no. Let's see if it does. Card. I'll dig up a one green for a sorcery. And it says your library for a basic land card. Reveal it your hand, then shuffle. It also has a clip for one black black and spell for words square bracket. It's horrible, like, just an audio episode share, like, um... So you have basic land and reveal it in brackets. So your library for a card and shuffle. So that is a joke that really every mechanic in magic is just a but, but. this one is going <laughs> a bit far with that joke because why also it, it's the just invert kicker. It's just it's just it, it's just because dig up could really have like a kicker cost of one black black. And then if you pay the two search for any card in or... And again they do save a lot of ink and space with okay. this type of wording. Yeah they do. Uh, anyways, so happening rather card about yeah. meta yeah. for all the successes of set is a mechanic for me. It's a uh, but there was one cool uh, dig card that I saw. Give me yeah. a second, uh, a lantern flare. It came out today. So for one and a white, it deals X damage to target creature or planeswalker, and you gain X life. X is the number of creatures you control, and that's bracketed. It's an instant, uh, and it has cleave X uh, red and uh, white. And then you may just pay X instead of the number of creatures you control. And that's like, okay, that's actually fine of a design. It's not as clunky as uh, Dig Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is like, can't kick her. I yeah. mean, you still, there is a you way to word this, like, there's a way to, but this is like, same. Yeah, yeah. I, this I like with Cleave. This is perfectly fine. I, I just wish they would have named the mechanic differently and, and try to use, uh, uh, what, said... what was the name? Uh, Light Up, right? No, yeah, lan Lanternflare lantern was the name of the card. I just wish all of the cards were this clean and just had, and they just renamed the mechanic. And somebody, something that actually... uh, somebody said just name the mechanic meta, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, another uh, mechanic in the set that's also returning and that feels very at home in, in Estrad uh, is Exploit. So yeah. in Yeah, Exploit. Uh, so in the previous set, uh, if you didn't know, there was a previous Innistrad set called Night Hunt, but that's not important. Um, we got uh, the actual Necromantic Zombies. So, you, as far as everyone who has ever read up on Innistrad knows, um, there's uh, Gerald and Gissup, a brotherly, sisterly pair of... Uh, one's a Necromancer, that's Gissup. She actually uses, like, Necromantic magic to raise classic zombies from the grave that do her bidding. And then there's her brother... Uh, Gerolf, that's Ace Cabin. He, aka uh, Innistrad's version of mad scientist, that plunder graves, stitch them together, electrify them, and create uh, stitched together monstrosities. Not fully human, but sometimes more than one human. Uh, and uh, these Cabin fit very well with the exploitation. One or more corpses, usually multiple, to create one of them. And all of the Cabin have, well, nearly all of the Cabin have uh, exploit, which is a Returning mechanic from, uh, I believe it was Dragons of Tarkir, uh, from the Sultai faction. Actually, the faction then known as uh, Silungar, uh, where on each you, you sacrifice a creature to gain uh, additional effect, which goes very, very well this cabin. Very well decaying. Exactly, since decay gave us the ability to create a lot of uh, zombie tokens for dirt, but uh, with the uh, with the downside of them 
dying after they attack. But since most uh, cards that create decaying uh, zombie tokens make them for next to nothing, these tokens go very well with the exploit mechanic, the current copies. So yeah, I, I could see uh, this being a quite powerful standard interaction because some of the uh, scabbing we've got are quite powerful. For instance, we have Overcharged Amalgam. It's a free free flash flying uh, zombie core for two and two B uh, with exploit. And when um, Overcharged Amalgam exploits a card, a creature, you can uh, counter a spell, uh, counter an activated ability or a triggered ability, which ticks all, all of the boxes. It's a Flashy free free attacker slash blocker. It's a very decent card. If you pair it up with something like uh, Jadar, uh, who just pops out uh, dudes at the uh, end of your each turn, this is really good. Yeah, it is. It is actually good, and I'm glad cards like that exist. There's... We also have like a uh, Felsting, yeah, which is. Oh, yeah, well, make sure then, then you can take a black for Scorpion and, ex and when you target two cards, so when you like a two death, draws two cards and. and uh, what? What I want to do is uh, play this unlimited and kill kill somebody with it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> that target two and mm -hmm. two, and yep. this is like full, and it's yeah. Plus, uh, in things like limited, you will play this because it's a three-two that touches for three. Sweet. Yeah, and if you get the two cards, then you're like you're you're just winning. Uh, that, that is true. It's it's quite a card. It's quite a decent card that I might actually see standard play in limited. It's great. Uh, you no, know what's no. also a fun card? Do you tell? Uh, by invitation only. For 3 and a white white is a sorcery. Choose a number between 0 and 13. Each player sacrifices that many creatures. Oh yeah, the new Wrath. It's, <laughs> it, that's a great card. Mm -hmm. Actually, that's a great card. And it's... I don't believe the card's gonna be expensive. It's a, it's a very nice Wrath uh, for mm -hmm. anyone's EDH that, that needs additional Wraths at this point. Oh no, just... you, you plumped 10 creatures. What will I do? Oh, here we go. Yeah. Uh, another thing we failed to mention up up till now, there's a new uh uh well what do we call them right now game object? Uh, well, a new game object token. Right yeah, now. we'll get we... that. Just one thing about the bind with it, like rats, you can actually play in because you amass like twenty tokens. Yeah, and then you say thirteen, and like I still have seven guys left. Haha. -ha. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's that's yeah, very nice though. Yeah. So anyway, we were talking. It... Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, it goes around uh, indestructibility and uh, hexproof. Yep. Uh, uh, anyway, back to blood tokens. Yeah, blood tokens. We now have blood tokens. Apparently, they're they're they aren't only going to be limited to Innistad. They are going to show up in various sets through time. Probably next time we're gonna see them as some kind of master set, like. But that's not important. The important part is what the token does. So a blood token is an artifact with uh, activated ability where you pay one generic mana and tap it. You get to discard a card and sacrifice uh, the blood token who then draw a card. So it Sweet. basically is rummaging extra steps. So there are it does everything you want. Actually, extra just. Uh, there are a lot of cards synergized with blood tokens in this set, obviously. But the card itself, the token type itself, is interesting because some decks uh really want uh, a large number of permanents just sprayed around the field there's that one cascade deck uh that plays the free version the suspended version of warp world that just wants as many food treasure any type of token on the field and sack and just wants to sack them to get permanents from their deck so lands and M. another thing is uh 
it does discard your um, reanimation targets from your hand to get uh, additional uh, to get additional value from them. So you can just rummage them into your graveyard and draw a fresh new card, and you have your reanimation target in your uh, graveyard where you want it. Uh, another thing is that uh, cards like um, Lonis, a cryptozoologist, just wants decks like that uh, that play Academy Manufacturer some will want cards that make blood tokens. I know that Lonis only works with clue tokens, and I know Academy Manufacturer doesn't work with blood tokens either. But I assume we're going to get um, cards like Academy Manufacturer and Lonis that are going to uh, work with food, with treasure, with clue tokens, the same way, uh, and blood tokens, with time. So it's something to look forward to, I guess. Well, the part will discard the card for me well, which is oh, yeah. three and a red. Discard your hand, draw a card for each card you've discarded. Now, I'm talking a card for a wanted to cover, and that is Commander. So, oh, yeah. Uh, commander, change of fortune, I see a very big player, because for, like, any deck that has Underworld, I think draw you a lot of cards pretty fast. Like, oh, yeah, I'm... Pardon me, I, I just wanted to say, like, I'm going to put it into my Prosper deck for sure. Kai card, definitely. Yeah, the, the ability to draw so many cards just for one player. I, I believe as an actual wheel, it would have been much weaker because drawing your opponents in casual, not in drawing your opponents, because in CDH you'll have an Arset. But, like, in casual, drawing your whole table, like, 24 cards would do much. Even but, like, I don't know, but it's a very decent card at four. Um, yeah. Uh, another card, yeah. You another like card. Real. You, uh, pardon me, I didn't. didn't you understand. have cards like Riel, which. Oh yeah, I know, but I know, but it's gonna go right into that. Deck. I'm just gonna put it into Prosper because I have a little uh, beach engine in Prosper that I like just for value. I, another card that we just um, got spoiled today is uh, well, used to be a standard staple, is currently a eternal staple in uh, basically any format. A braid. Yes. We got a braid. We know what a braid does. It's a good card. At at common, nonetheless, we already had a braid printed in some master set at common, which made it pauper legal, which was, well, means something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is going to be premier removal spell in red and limited. So yeah, I'm hyped about that because dealing free damage or destroying an artifact is going to be very good. Mostly because of the dealing free damage part. You get I love it. myself, uh, Summer Braid. Yeah, Braid is always good. And as I see, there are many, many free toughness targets right now. And only the, like, the protectors, like, but they're mythic. They're, like, four toughness. You're not going to, like, see a rare or a, a mythic that often during draft. Well, uh, with two a Braids. Well, yeah. You, uh, it's common. You there could you get your Braids. Easy. But, well, now that they'll have to. You see a Braid, you pick a Braid. Yep. It, 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 I remember it being that good in, uh, where was it? Hour of Devastation or Amonkhet? Or Hour of Devastation, I believe. It was an Hour of Devastation. Anywho. Yeah. Um, um, we also got the rest of the slow land cycle. The reverse fast lands. Finally. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, we got uh, Voldara and Estate. Both in its uh, regular art form and in its Dracula, uh, aka Castle Dracula. Art version, beautiful. and. Uh, it's going straight into any vampire EDA. Uh, it's a it's a gold lamp. It comes into play untapped. You tap it for one uh, colorless mana, but you can also tap it and pay one life. You can add one mana of any color, 
but you can only spend that color, uh, uh, that that mana on vampire spells. Also, uh, there's a uh, another ability for five uh, mana. You get to tap it and create a blood uh, token. So that's going to go well when you, when you need to rummage, you need to rummage. Oh, that wants to activate vampire. That's important. it's a it's a free ability for all Edgar. Also, oh, Edgar is getting that gorgeous judgment. That's gonna be million. <laughs> yeah, you some so. Uh, and I believe those are all the cards, spoilers, and things we had to say, I guess, as of right now. Unless you guys have something to add on. I mean, there doesn't part. Uh, only card I want to mention that's interesting, not most likely good, is the, the Demonic Bargain. Oh, yeah. Do you the want to play really bad Demonic Tutor. Uh, I mean, if you're playing food chain decks, it might be good, unless you hit your own food chain. But, you know, let's not talk about that. Uh, two in a black. Sorcery exile the top 13 cards of your library. Then search your library for a card. Put that card in your hand and shuffle. Yep. Definitely That's interesting. Spin of the wheel. Worst thing is, I can actually see that card seeing play and in some wonk deck. And it's probably gonna be some... I don't know, it's just gonna make like with a couple... Well, when a couple of sets come in, it's just gonna make an archetype because it's still a free mana. Too. I'm saying boot chain and crazy. Exile and Eternal Scourge, Exile and Mystical Griffin. Yeah. Yeah, and then go ham. Yeah, probably. You're right. Uh, what are the two cards you want to talk about, Nixon? Tox. Oh, a, yes. Yeah. It's a five double black, a legendary slug at the beach and slime count black slug. And then you a black and sacrifice slug. Now, for more, for more reasons, seven mana cards. So I'm not seeing standard. I'm not even at seven. The double black kind of. Uh, but the part which ends the commander ramp all in. Your opponent have ever annual slugs. And what's better is that you have that sludge mode set. Oh yeah. That slime counter on one combined toxrel and the sludge mode die. Add after two ends, all of them. again put any I can a pretty tox commander. But other than that, there's also a, another thing that will make become a staple of commander. It's necro duality. Oh or, yes, I forgot to mention the card. Yes. So for an enchantment, and whenever a non-zombie enters the battle, the copy of that creature. Or zombos. So yeah, uh, any any zombie that they have to auto is doubling up. They're all ready, and getting a double is like really. Yeah. Imagine getting a double lord and stuff like that. Yeah, even though I don't know why the card is. Uh, um, let me tell you. But I digress. So what, uh, what there's another card that... I wanted to mention actually. Yeah? Um, I don't play standard personally, but I have like uh uh uh. I do tend to keep myself in, uh, about standard because uh, it looks fun, except for the fact that there are Epiphany decks right about. <laughs> yeah, Epiphany uh, definitely. But, pardon me. It, oh. Yeah, uh, I would just say it's definitely. Yeah, definitely. But we just got a new extra turn. So we got Alchemist's Gambit. It's one in double red. It's one in the long line of uh, free mana extra turn spells that lose you the game at the end of your But... And it exiles itself, obviously. New claws on all extra turn spells. But it has a cleave cost of four, double blue, and red. And, well, uh, Niksha hinted how ridiculous uh, explain a cleave card on uh, audio program is. But um, basically, it just gives you an extra turn without the you lose the game at the end of the turn for that cost. So it's another seven mana extra turn spell in addition to the Eldrons that we already have in standard. But Worse than Elrond, since you can't foretell it and play it for 6 mana, nor does it give you 2 birds. But the upside is that have the ability to play it for 3 mana if you'll, you already have a winning board state and just need 
another turn just to get that extra two or three damage. It also has a protection like effect that bring that extra damage. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the fog. Yep. And that's about it, I guess. Anyone? One more that I, that I found. Engulfing Tide. Yes. Two blue blue sorcery. Each player chooses a non permanent they control, return all other non permanents to their owner's hands, then draw a card for each opponent with more cards in hand uh, with you. Then you. So it's like it's a, a, yeah. a fair? A fair Cyclonic Rift-ish? But cantrips? It's something definitely a fairer version of Less salt than Yeah, but it seems like a good card, though. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Uh, actually, I know, maybe maybe saying, oh, this might see play in standard, is the... it might see play in uh, commander. But it might see in standard. Standard. One more, one more card than one because I misread it the first time. Of all in Bok, or yeah. one in double white. It's a one-two soldier with training. And whenever a of all in exile up to one other target the battlefield card from a Greek and exile you. Doing. And when all in Bok leaves the battlefield, the exile cards to the battle. So this is a kind of exile your and back actual shenanigans out the yard. Then savers and like. Exile. The only problem is that you actually have to attack with her to actually anything. It needs to train. It can't yep. attack alone. Yeah, also you have to train, so it has to attack, and you enter that more power. Actually, a lot of, but after a couple of standard, I really enjoy cards that big payoff. Oh, I'm okay. Uh, I think that's it from the cards. I mean, there's yeah. a bunch of them. Yeah. The only relevant card is Wedding. It. Yeah, yeah, it's the best card of the set. Uh, no holds bar. The second best card of the set is Chandra. No holds bar. The rest of the cards are irrelevant. Uh, Chandra, but only in a full art. Uh, yeah, yeah. Regular art Chandra is a bad card. Borderless art Chandra <laughs> is a tier one card. Well, if that's it, uh, you guys give a holla to people. Holla! Okay. Uh, well, yeah. thank you for listening and um, have a great week. And this has been episode 121 of the Elder Dragon Dirtle podcast. This was your host, Igor, and as always with me was Nixia. Yeah. Say bye, people. Bye, people.